1: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
2: Yes, they are there. And that's something I think about all the time. And on a busy news week like we've had, I think about the men and women who serve in the United States military. And they could be in a foreign country right now listening to news about the United States and wondering what it really means and how it affects them. And I certainly believe that for many of the people currently serving in the military, they probably have lost some confidence in the administration that is now the commander-in-chief and one President Joe Biden. I can't say that they preferred Uh, President Donald Trump, but certainly from what I was able to observe, the United States military was revered during the Trump administration. And during the Biden administration, it seems like there's a lot of talky talk and not a lot of substance. But that's okay. They've got to be wondering today whether the military is going to be pressed into action by a government that seems hell-bent on destroying one person in the form of Donald Trump and perhaps one party in the Republican Party. And they must be wondering, is this what I signed up for? Now, of course, that's conjecture on my part, but that's what I do. I'm not here just reporting the facts. I try to give you the facts and then I tell you what I think about it. And what I think about what is happening in my country right now is this is a shame. And I am embarrassed for my country because it's a sham indictment. And it's not that only Republicans feel that way. It's that anybody who cares about democracy, who cares about a republic like the one we are trying to hold on to, is distressed to know that this is the epitome of the illegal and unprecedented weaponization of the federal government against Joe Biden's leading opponent, Donald J. Trump. And the message is gonna be the same. You'll hear it from senators like J.D. Vance, whom Trump endorsed in his election last year, and accused Joe Biden of trying to steal the next election. Biden is attacking his most likely 2024 opponent. He's using the justice system to preemptively steal the 2024 election. That's what's happening, plain and simple. Now, of course, there'll be those who won't say much, like uh, the turtle, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Minority Whip John Thune, and some other members of the Senate Republican leadership team. They'll stay silent because they don't like Donald Trump, and they don't like the fact that he does not like them. NBC News confirmed that a federal grand jury in Florida had indicted the former president on seven counts related to his mishandling of classified documents. Some GOP lawmakers said they got text messages on Thursday night from Trump's political messaging operation that included not just his Trump social post, which I saw, the truth social post, it had a video message in which he declared his innocence. It's election interference at the highest level. That's what President Trump said. There's never been anything like what's happened. If he's innocent, and I believe he is innocent, and this continues much longer, all of our faith in this country and its leadership is going to go down the toilet. Democrats, of course, uh, they're ecstatic, and they are thinking that this is actually going to restore faith in the justice system. You see, they don't care at what cost. They just have to bring Donald Trump down. Now this guy, Jack Smith, the prosecutor, this is a career prosecutor who's had plenty of problems in the past. He has been very unsuccessful over and over again in trying to bring cases, including a case against uh, you know Democrat John Edwards. Jack Smith is a political animal. His wife is a donor to the uh, Biden campaign. That should tell you that something is terribly, terribly wrong. And I I don't know how we fix this. You know, they hate this president because he's pro-American, Donald Trump, he's pro-life, he defends Christianity more than any other president ever, And that's like uh, holding up a cross to a vampire. And it's just so stressful for the American people to be humiliated this way over and over again. I didn't believe it would actually come down to this, but it has. And we thought that things like big tech censoring stories about Hunter Biden were rare this happens all the time. Not only did we think big government was pressuring big tech to censor stories about Hunter Biden and his foreign business dealings and his laptop days before the 2020 presidential election, but we found out that was all true in the Twitter files. We thought it was likely that COVID came from a lab. The FBI director, Christopher Wray, confirmed just this spring that coronavirus likely stemmed from a lab leak in Wunan. We thought the Steele dossier was a fake. Then we found out the Democrats knew the dossier was false, but used it to spy on President Trump's campaign in 2016. With every new bit of information, we find that the truth is always worse than we thought. Whether it's the CDC or the Department of Justice, the FBI, social media companies taking down posts and limiting speech— Federal agencies are targeting the American people who they're supposed to serve. And the Democrats, well, they always seem to turn a blind eye and just move on. Listen, Washington is filled with bureaucrats and not enough fighters. I don't think that the government should be targeting people on the right or on the left. But I must admit that there's a huge target on Donald Trump's back and it has very little to do with anything other than his politics. And if he's a target, I don't know they realize how much that makes you and me feel targeted. And when we feel targeted, just like any species, we react. I will never stop standing on the front lines in defense of our constitutionally enshrined liberties. That said, supporters like you and me Need to get ready to do battle. And that doesn't mean violence. But Democrats are willing to do whatever they can to boot Republicans out of Washington and to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't run in the next election. And if he were to run, that he doesn't win. So make no mistake about this, my wonderful listeners. Our way of life is under attack from the left, and you need to get activated. You need to stand by the side of the Republican Party. Even though I'm not a Republican, they're being targeted. And America's always for the underdog. And right now, they turned a billionaire into an underdog. If you want to fight back, you're going to have to become a participant. You can't just sit around and listen to talk radio shows. You need to Talk to your congressmen. You need to show up at rallies. You need to talk to your neighbors, even the ones who don't want to hear it. Because if you want to have conservatives in positions of power, it's going to take a mighty wind, a mighty work on our part. And I don't think we have any choice. I think if we bow down to the powers that be right now and tolerate this insanity, that we'll only get more and more of it and I can only speak for myself, but I didn't come into this country. I was born here. I was raised here. And I have every right to defend this country. I know that Donald Trump shares that value. I'm not so sure about Joe Biden. I'm really not. But I do know one thing. What I see going on right now with this latest seven charges in an indictment in Miami makes my heart sick. But it also makes me confident that in the end, right will win. And I'm going to be on the right side of this fight. You can do whatever you want, and you can bail if you want to. But my father didn't raise a young woman into a old woman like I am today, who runs at the thought of a fight. I just put on my boxing gloves. Let me take a quick break. Stay right where you are. we got a lot more to talk about today. Obviously, it's a big news day, and obviously, I'm very upset. So you don't want to miss any of the show. Stay right where you are.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory—
2: And then, of course, there's uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And it was interesting to listen to the former Attorney General, uh, Bill Barr, talking about—well, actually, he was responding to comments that Representative Jamie Raskin, the Democrat from Maryland and the ranking Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, that he had misinterpreted an FBI report. You see, the nation's former top cop, although sometimes when I look at Barr, I'm not sure what side he's on, he did say that he did not close down an investigation of Joe Biden about receiving $5 million from a Ukrainian pay-to-play deal. He added that uh, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, David Weiss, took a long time investigating the Bidens. And he said that it had come time now for David Weiss to either fish or cut bait, which is one of those expressions that I never quite understood. He did fire back at the top Democrat who claimed he shut down a probe into Biden bribery allegations being run out of Pennsylvania during the Trump administration, telling Fox News that's just not true. He told the story that a project being run out of the U.S. attorney's office in Pittsburgh was not a standard probe, but a clearinghouse exercise where evidence could be sent to one prosecutor, in this case, now former Trump appointee Scott Brady, to be screened for truthfulness or relevance rather than having multiple geographically disparate prosecutors attending to the same case. Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, claimed that it was the Trump Department of Justice under Bill Barr and Brady that closed down a probe into the alleged $5 million cash for a policy bribery scheme that the now President Biden is accused of being involved in while he was vice president. In recent public remarks, Jamie Raskin said that the FBI complied with the committee majority's demand that they view a document purported to depict this bribery scheme, and that he learned through that meeting that Barr designated the Pittsburgh Federal Prosecutor's Office To look into all allegations, while also mentioning former New York City Republican Mayor Rudy Giuliani surfacing and also with some of the allegations. So, Barr and Brady, according to Raskin, were the ones who decided that there were no grounds to escalate this up the investigative prosecutorial chain. So, if there's a complaint, the complaint should be with the Trump Justice Department. That's what Jamie Raskin said. So, on the story on Thursday, Bill Barr said Raskin was confused in his description of the process. It's always interesting to me how Republicans will use words like confused instead of lying. Democrats would immediately have said that was a lie. And he went on in his description of the process and nature of the exercise in Pittsburgh, telling the Fox News anchor that He set up the project in the Steel City as an intake process to avoid geographically proliferating investigations in an election year relating to the family of the Democratic nominee. So he did ostensibly the right thing because it was an election year and it would be viewed as election interference, while the Biden administration and their attorney general, Merrick Garland, is doing the exact opposite. They are challenging election integrity by indicting a president, a former president, repeatedly. It's amazing to me. Um, Bill Barr said, we also wanted to protect the integrity of the investigations that were going on. So this was a screening, a clearinghouse to check evidence out before sending it to the ongoing investigations. And it was through the Pittsburgh process that the information from the FBI 1023 document came about according to Bill Barr. However, he disagreed with Jamie Raskin's suggestion that Giuliani played any part in that. It was actually stuff that was developed within the department and the FBI from a confidential human source. And that information was checked out and it was determined that it was not likely to have been disinformation. It didn't say whether it's true or not, but it wasn't you know, the no sign that it was disinformation. And so it was provided to the ongoing investigation in Delaware to follow up on and to check it out the Delaware probe, which is focusing on Hunter Biden, is still moving along. It's more than four years. Uh, It's funny how quick they are able to get an indictment on President Trump after the Mar-a-Lago raid and how long it's taking them to figure out all the evidence on the Hunter Biden laptop and all the evidence in the bank accounts, multiple bank accounts of the Biden family that are direct evidence of Malfeasance at the very least and bribery at the very most. Barr said that the investigation, which was being led by attorney David Weiss, whom Biden retained to purportedly avoid conflict of interest questions, is doing a lot of damage to the nation and the Department of Justice because his silence and his failure to even come up with a prosecutorial decision really makes the Department of Justice look. Terrible. Uh, Earlier on Thursday, James Comer, the oversight chairman, the Republican from Kentucky, he nixed contempt proceedings against FBI Director Christopher Wray, whom he said was not properly or fully abiding by a subpoena for the document in question. And of course, Raskin accused Comer of pursuing the weaponization of committee power as part of MAGA Republicans' efforts to discredit and ultimately dismantle the FBI. I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to things like this. And I can tell you, uh, these are not the only people, James Comer and his committee are not the only people who are really concerned about what's going on in the FBI. I'm really concerned. You should be really concerned. And what's happening in our Department of Justice is Untoward. It's never happened before. And while I understand that Trump derangement syndrome is a reality, the idea that we are watching or allowing the rest of the world to watch this kind of politicization of our and weaponization, really, of our Department of Justice at the hands of an attorney general who, when you think about this, was almost nominated to be a Supreme Court justice. I mean, You can't make this stuff up. And what you also can't make up is the fact that this does not serve their cause very well. Because I believe the cause of the left, and particularly right now the leftists in the Democrat Party, which seem to be uh, the predominant part of the Democrat Party, their goal is to keep Donald Trump, and people like Donald Trump, uh, they call them MAGA Republicans, I call them conservatives, you know, I call them traditionalists, I call them constitutionalists, But their goal is to keep them as far away from Washington and the seat of power as possible. But as I watch the Internet these days and look at the feeds and look at all of these chat rooms and boards, um, they're being flooded by people who are really angry about this and who really doubt that this is fair. People who don't even like Donald Trump are starting to say, this just reeks and we need to address the fact that the Department of Justice no longer has a blindfold on. It sees what it wants to see. It prosecutes who it doesn't like. And it allows people who actually do commit crimes, but who they like, to get away with bribery, to get away with possibly, uh, you know... Machinations that endanger our national security. And yet, the person they're accusing of that is one Donald Trump. The first question that I would ask, and I would ask this of all of you, is Has anything happened since Donald Trump left the White House that would indicate that he compromised national security? And if your answer is no, or well, only things that Joe Biden is responsible for, like a porous border well then, what the heck is going on in the Department of Justice? And why is this being tolerated? And why aren't you more up in arms? You should be as angry as I am. And we should all be as angry as Donald Trump is. Because for the life of me, I don't know why this man continues. You know, all he'd have to do is say, "Uh, I'm not running for president. And I believe all these investigations would be shut down immediately, and his family would be allowed to go on with their lives. But he won't do that. Much like the disciples wouldn't disavow Christ when it would have been so easy to do so. Not that I'm likening him to the Messiah, but gee, Donald Trump is experiencing persecution. We can agree on that. I'll take a break, and I'll be right back.
1: They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it.
2: Well, I'm always grateful when I have my son, Derek, on the line because he gives us the news directly from TMZ, which seems to be breaking a lot of news these days. How you doing, kid? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I was on I know the you're phone. you're doing
1: better.
2: You got the heat. Yeah, well, uh, it could be better. But, uh, you know, I, I tell my audience all the time that while I'm watching these games, I'm texting you because this is where we bond in the NBA. Um, this but- is
1: true. This is our, our source of, like, across the country, but we feel together looking at the same NBA game play out on the television.
2: Exactly. And you uh, have my grandson, Carter, cheering for the Nuggets, which is uh, very distressing to his grandmother, but um, you've you got to give it to the Nuggets. What a, what a victory they had just uh, you know this week again. Um,
1: I, I don't think we've ever seen someone like, like Jokic. It's, it's unbelievable because when you're watching a game, he's not particularly athletic. He doesn't have a vertical leap. He looks kind of slow and plodding. He's not all bustled up. But at the end of the game, he's turned in a performance that no one has ever turned in in the finals. 30, right. 20, and 10. I mean, it's obscene numbers.
2: Yeah. And, and the fact that at that height he can go from one end of the court to the other and nobody steal the ball from him is relatively amazing to me.
1: It, it's, it's beautiful. It's basketball mm-hmm. at, its, at its prettiest. And when I watch the, the Nuggets and the Heat, because you've got a real sort of blue-collar kind of uh, style with the Heat. They're down and dirty. They have a bunch of undrafted guys, and then you've got the elegance of the Nuggets. And it's really playing out in an exciting way. I mean, this game is a little more lopsided, but it's going to be a good series.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it and even when my team loses I'm still enjoying the game. But it was funny, during the game I had texted you and I said, "What kind of name is Bam because Adebayo's name is Bam." And you jokingly said
1: I said all I know is if you say it twice you've got Barney Rubble's kid. And yeah. I had no idea. The actual etymology of Bam Adebayo's name is: as a little kid, he was destructive and called Bam Bam.
2: Yeah, he was watching a Flintstone cartoon when he was one years old and overturned the coffee table, so his mother nicknamed him Bam Bam. And first and foremost, you know, I I didn't realize he was born and raised in Newark, New Jersey.
1: Oh yeah, and he was great at at, at University of Kentucky. I mean, he's an exciting player for you guys. I know Jimmy Butler gets most of the headlines, but everyone needs a, a number two, you know, and he's definitely the Scotty Pippen of that team. He's really good in his own right and, you know, plays such good defense and has all those dunks in the paint. He's, he's great. He's a lot of fun to watch.
2: Yeah. So I am enjoying it. I hope it goes the distance because, of course, um, you know th- that makes it all the more exciting. I do have to ask you this because my listeners keep asking me they say please ask Derek what's going on with Jamie Fox but you guys are, are not rumor mongers and I try to explain that to them you you do the news
1: that, that's exactly right so everyone is very concerned I get a lot of questions about it about what is the status of Jamie Fox and the answer is, there are these stories out there that he may be paralyzed and blind. It could be related to the COVID vaccine. We have read them. We're aware of them, and we're looking into it as, as much as we can. But you're right. We follow different journalistic standards. Uh, mm-hmm. And until we get comfortable with the information and the sourcing of the story, we won't post it and perpetuate these things. And to this point, um, we haven't felt comfortable posting a story about that. And, and that is that is the reason you're not reading the coverage of of Jamie Fox um, and that saga in that in that regard, I know the stories are out there. We're we're aware of them and we are continuing to look into it, um, but we are we are not following uh, that particular story.
2: That's and you know, time. I think it's curious though that I mean, certainly the people who are handling his uh, PR in general have to know that there's a such a deep deep interest in him. Um, you know, he's a there, superstar. There really is.
1: And and it's not going away anytime soon. He's too big of a star. And until there's some resolution of his status and his health condition, um, you will continue to see news like this and and Mm -hmm. rumors and speculation. And I understand the public's interest because I have it. You know, Jamie Mm -hmm. Foxx is a very big star, he's very important to movies and pop culture. And we're pulling for him and we're trying to figure things out. But they have asked for privacy, and, and there's been a pretty tight circle of people who are not releasing uh, much information about it.
2: Yeah. Well, there was a story that has a Miami angle <clears throat> to it, uh this woman Jackie O who uh, all I know is that she was on TV with Nick Cannon. <laughs> That's all I know about Jackie O, but apparently um there is a story about the father of her children, DC Young Fly. Who's finally speaking out about her death here in Miami? Although he didn't say what she died from, people are presuming it was some plastic surgery procedure. Is that what you guys are hearing?
1: That that's exactly right. So DC Youngfly, Fly was on Wild and Out, which is a Nick Cannon's show, where it was sort of like a version of The Dozens. You know, there would be like insults back and forth, and sort of a, a sort of a jokey kind of fashion. DC Youngfly became a celebrity in his own right uh, on that show. He was really good at. At, at the skill of the dozens or whatever you call that, mm-hmm. um, Jackie O was his partner for a long time. And she was a celebrity in her own right, sort of an influencer, big presence on social media. And she passed away suddenly, very, very young. They have children together. Um, and, you know, she passed away from what is reported to be a, a mommy makeover of sorts, which is a suite of cosmetic procedures after you've had children to sort of bounce back and reattain your youth and so forth. Apparently some complications from that. Um, and she passed away very Um, and it's really uh, resonated quite a bit with the audience Um, and DC Youngfly obviously had nothing but praise for her they were together longtime partner he says she's the greatest mother he's ever known her soul was beautiful Uh, she was really beloved and there's certain people in in our orbit in our world of celebrity news that you don't expect it sort of sneaks up on you how much people care about them and she's definitely in that category.
2: Wow. Yeah, I I had no idea who she was. But, you know, it does speak to this, you know, this desire on the part of these high profile women to all have perfect bodies, even after they've had children. I mean, you just saw at the graduation from preschool, a bunch of the Kardashians show up and like, you know, obviously, they've all had mommy makeovers at the least and probably way more than that. And yet, they uh, they're still hanging out with their exes and 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 doing the Kardashian thing.
1: Here's here's the thing about the Kardashians that's fascinating. They obviously have checkered history with their exes, but they and what they've sold to the public for so long and what is true of them is that they are a very close knit family. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there are these events, now this is pre-K graduation. They've got a lot of children around this age. True, Stormy, Dream. Stream is Rob's kid, Stormy is Kylie's kid, True is Chloe's kid. They get together and the exes all come out. You got Tristan there, you've got Travis Scott there, um, you've got Black China, who now goes by Angela White. She sort of had an image makeover herself. There's not much in the way of conversation between the exes. I think they keep it very civil, but there's obviously a lot of history, particularly with Tristan and and his womanizing on the side. Uh, But it's beautiful in in its own way. They're this big, blended family with um, their own problems. But on preschool graduation day, they all get together and and smile for some photos.
2: Yeah. Well, any other big stories? I know that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was uh, seen with uh, Gigi Hadid. Is that a couple? Oh,
1: this is heating up. You know, we are uh, seeing them together more. We saw her uh, with his parents. Now, I don't know what conclusion um, most people draw from this. I don't typically see Leonardo DiCaprio's model girlfriends with his parents. So Mm -hmm. I was sort of thinking maybe there's an indication that they are just friends because... He usually doesn't bring his girlfriends around his parents, and maybe Gigi's just a buddy, but then you look at Gigi. <laughs> she is a model. She's 28 years old, which is a little older than usually Leo goes for, and maybe this is a real relationship that they're developing. It certainly is starting to look that way. This is becoming more frequent, and as much as Leonardo tries to hide this And Gigi Hadid, they are just too high profile, and tongues are definitely uh, starting to wag about this.
2: Yeah, I don't think these celebrities understand. It's like Meghan Markle and and Prince Harry. You know, you're going to attract attention just by virtue of who you are, so stop blaming the public for wanting to know everything about you. That's, That's why you're so famous.
1: They are they are both very very interesting people. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio sees himself as a very serious thespian, though. So he's never courted the limelight in disrespect. He just loves that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just he wants to have it always be a famous movie star and have a private life. And he's navigated it okay, but yeah. uh, we're too interested in this so, mm-hmm. to let it go.
2: So anybody big show up at the Heat game? I don't look at the celebrity, uh, you know, roster there, but I, I did notice Dwayne Wade, who, of course, is a former Heat player. Anybody else sure. big time?
1: It was star-studded. I mean, Shakira, who is sort of back in the news quite a bit, everyone's wondering in the wake of her breakup from Piqué, who she's going to be dating. Some people are saying Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. is uh, sort of her, her, next, her, her next boyfriend. So people... Always looking at her. She was in the crowd. Jay Cole was at the game. He's a he, he's a famous rapper. I mean, the games are quite star-studded. It looks like a Lakers game. You know, DJ Khaled. So Miami has really risen to about the equal, I would say, of Los Angeles in many respects. Because I looked at that game, and, and I know when I was growing up, uh, it certainly wasn't a star-packed. And yeah. the team has come a long way since uh, since Ronnie Sykley.
2: Yeah, and look, at now we have uh, the biggest, hottest uh, soccer player coming to South Florida, and we've got the— gigantic,
1: Messi joining the MLS is the (laughs) biggest news, and the fact that you'll have him in Miami. I mean, I I consider that bigger than David Beckham's deal. I consider it bigger than Pele going to Cosmos, even Mm. back in the day in New York. Because soccer is much bigger now, and Messi is the goat.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and we've got the Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got the Panthers in that, and the Heat in the finals. I mean, it's a great time to be a sports, uh, you know, fan in Miami.
1: It really is. Uh, it's it's second to none. I I, I don't think of uh, you know professional sports as uh, only existing in New York and L.A. anymore. Miami is definitely right up there with the greats.
2: Amen. All right. Well, thank you, kid. Always appreciate talking to you. Love to everybody. All
1: right. Talk to you soon.
2: I don't know about you, but I needed a little bit of a respite with a little bit of Hollywood and other kinds of news with my son Derek. I feel a little bit better, like my heart rate has come down considerably. But I was thinking about how are we going to get information? Because now more than ever, we need information and I don't know what's going to happen to cable news, but it really doesn't look good. Like, is it possible to have independent news on a cable station? I really don't know. When the Warner Brothers Discovery Chief David Zaslav um, took control of CNN in 2022, he was pretty clear about what he said he wanted, right? He wanted the network to be not left-leaning advocacy, and to move towards more balance. He wanted CNN to stop being just anti-Trump, and he thought it would be nice if it would be more welcoming for conservatives, you know, half of America, and for Republicans. So he picked Chris Licht, and that was obviously not the right choice because just this week, you know, he took back what he had said to Chris Licht, which was ratings be damned. Well, the ratings were damned, And Mr. Lick's tenure abruptly ended this week because, uh, I mean, CNN is in the crapper. And his dismissal does raise a big question for the television news industry and even beyond, for talk radio, for uh, news publications. Can an unaligned, independent approach to news even work in a country that's as splintered And as used to on-demand media as we are, when an audience is primed for news like on their own terms, and can it work, of all places, in cable, in the very niche precincts of cable and cable news. You know, in the end, uh, they weren't able to satisfy anyone. And now we're hearing that uh, a lot of commentators are saying that he failed because the mission was impossible. It was a dead idea from a bygone time. I don't know about the rest of you, but I grew up in a time where you got your news for approximately a half an hour or maybe one hour each and every evening at six o'clock from somebody who you may have questioned their political leanings or may even have seen some indications of their political leanings, but who endeavored to present factual information in as clear and concise and coherent a method as they possibly could. You think of the Walter Cronkites and the John Chancellors. I mean, I'm showing my age, but it's all I have to compare cable news. And then Turner comes along, Ted Turner, and he creates this 24-hour cable news station which was fascinating. For a news junkie like me, it was like, oh my gosh, I can find out what's happening 24-7, and hopefully there'll be some real in-depth studies and analysis of the things that are going on in Washington and around the globe. But instead, it quickly became this highly competitive, you take one side, I'll take the other side kind of cable news battle, and you found yourself watching whatever appealed to you on a personal basis. It was virtually impossible to get some people to watch Fox News. I have family members who act as though, you know, you're holding up garlic in, and, and a, a cross in front of a vampire if I suggest or turn on Fox News. And then my own reaction when I turn on MSNBC is repulsion. I don't like what they're saying. I don't agree with much of what they say. I find them very politicized in a direction that I don't share. So why would I watch it? You know, I I don't watch it other than to take the temperature of the opposition once in a while. So cable news did this to itself and CNN tried as hard as it could not just during this latest genesis, but in general, to not be MSNBC, which was totally leftist, and not be Fox, which leaned so heavily to the right, but instead try to be more reflective, and it just didn't work because the anchors themselves were highly political animals. They came from political families. How do you have a Cuomo as one of your lead anchors or an Anderson Cooper or a a Don Lemon and expect to be fair and balanced? You can't any more than you can have a Sean Hannity and expect to be fair and balanced. It's just not going to happen that way. So I don't know what's going to happen, but it does seem as though we really are in a pickle right now. And I don't know what's going to happen to cable news. I don't know what's going to happen to news, period. Newspapers are disappearing. Magazines are disappearing. If you want information, you've got to search on the internet for hours, sometimes days, just to find out what's actually happening in the Ukraine or what's happening in Japan or what's happening in South America or what's happening on our own border. And then you'll get a highly politicized story which will have one perspective and never give the other side of the story. So it's just a crazy time, and I'm awfully glad that I'm part of the madness. Now, that sounds crazy. I know it does. But if I'm going to work, I should at least be challenged. And it certainly is a challenge right now, not knowing precisely how we're going to proceed with the uh, upcoming election, with giving news about a president who's been indicted twice Um, with a family in the White House right now, and although they like to paint the last family as corrupt, we know for sure that the Biden family is corrupt, and yet the coverage is nil or null and void, right? We're not allowed to talk about Hunter's laptop. We can't talk about Joe Biden's age or his dementia. We can't talk about any of these things, right? So I don't know. I don't know where and how this is going to shape up, but I do know this. I'm excited to be a part of it. And all I can hope to do is represent the American people's desire to get some information so that they can make some choices based on that information. When I tell you who I support in a president, presidential primary or presidential election, it's because I truly support that person and I am willing to make the case for that person it doesn't mean that I believe for one minute that you're going to agree with me or even that I'm right. All I'm doing is sharing my opinion. And it is based on a lot of experience and it is also based on some real passion. So just, you know, keep your mind focused, get as much information as you can. And also understand this this nation was formed in a effort, in a deliberate effort to make us a free people. And if we're gonna be a free people, we've gotta have the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. So I'll continue to fight for that. I thank you for your time this time until next time. My hope is to be back here on Monday if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And stay tuned. Dan Bongino's coming up at one o'clock. Ben Shapiro at four WPTV News at five or actually Matt Walsh. And then the weekend begins. Have a good time.
1: The Joyce Kaufman podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.